We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Air Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you, as always, for locking in. I am joined, as always, for this Tuesday episode by my good friend, Maintenance Day podcast co-host, creator of Noted Hockey, my favorite recurring guest, Joe Yurden. What's up, dude? How you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's been, uh, I guess, a wild weekend. I suppose it was not wild for me. It's just wild with everything else going on. I'm dreadfully boring so it's uh it's uh yeah but yeah i know lots of lots of stuff going on around everything here and uh yeah it's getting it's getting spicy it is for sure we'll talk some sabers this is a huge week we've been saying this for a while now i mean this is Mm -hmm. a really huge week for the sabers plenty to talk about with them we'll talk a little bit of bills a little bit of wrestlemania you and i are both wrestling fans at heart we don't really talk about it or get a chance to watch it quite as much Yep. As we used to, but obviously when it's WrestleMania weekend, that's a that's a different story. So, so we'll talk about that before anything else, though. <laughs> so if you watched the show last week, I had Joe with me. Now I have Joe every Tuesday, but Joe also joined the podcast. Um, we did a Thursday night live stream from Imperial Pizza, which is always a good time. I love going to Imperial for those shows live. And Joe was joined by uh, Rachel, Rachel Hotmeyer from spectrum sports mm-hmm. and if you didn't happen to catch that episode which again <laughs> doing the show itself was actually a lot of fun and, and by the way before i i recount what kind of happened for people who might not have seen or listened to the show last week and don't know what i'm about to be talking about uh, rachel's really good man i that was the first time that i've ever met rachel in person she was on the show once before mm-hmm. but it was like we're doing now via Streamyard. um I've told you this a million times and you know, this It's just a different dynamic when you get an opportunity to sit down with somebody in person, have some wings like we did before the show at Imperial, you know, shoot the shit a little bit and then get on the mic behind the camera and, and, uh, or in front of the camera, I should say, and, uh, and do a show live in person. It's just a different kind of vibe, ain't it? Oh yeah. No, it's, it's, it's way different. And you don't know like what'll happen 
uh, you know, when you're out live, you don't like, I mean, we found that we, out. We kind of found, found that out, but, um, but yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, we, we, I remember one of the ones we did at Casey's and you know, we, we were just starting up and like a whole crew of dudes just came, came rolling in and they may, you know, help fill the, the space with sound. And they were looking at us like we were doing something insane <laughs> yeah. and we were just like, sorry, dudes. And so, you know, we're, we're here to, we're here to do some fun and, uh but yeah it's uh yeah it's it's way more fun it's it's a different relaxed setting and uh i don't know it's uh it, it provides a different dynamic it's a little different than sitting here staring at my computer and talking yeah. to you and, and you know just kind of bsing but yeah it's uh it's just a lot more stuff going on around you peripheral yeah. you know your vision everything people who might be looking in or just doing mm -hmm. their own thing or whatever yeah i was really impressed with rachel that was again that was my first time meeting her in person and uh mm -hmm. I mean, I, 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 she knows what she's doing. Obviously yeah. I've watched her do her work on spectrum. She's great, but mm -hmm. yeah, first conversation with her and she's entertaining, man. I, I, I'll tell you that kind of had some, uh, some good stories, that wing trail story that she told about, uh, yeah. Well, she, after she was on my show, when she was new to town, mm -hmm. uh, to recount again, for people who didn't watch last week, her and a group of friends went to, I think she said 12 different places yep. to try wings. She's taken it serious and they had scorecards and they were, they were scoring everything from like from taste to, to mm -hmm. crunch to, to service and all that. And then she came up with her top two of uh 9-11 Tavern. I think it was Kelly's Corner, but yep, that was a really interesting story. But anyway, so for people, like I said, if you didn't watch it last week, um, I've done 25, 30, no less than 25, 30 shows live at mm -hmm. whether it's Imperial Pizza or just other bars, you know, and I've done a couple with Joe. We've been to Essex Street Pub before. We've been oh, to yeah. Casey's twice, you and I. But yep. anyway, it's been pretty, you know, knock on wood, thank God, it's been pretty uneventful in terms of things that could potentially go wrong. And yes. that changed <laughs> last week. Yeah. Um. So I'll, I'll give the quick version here, and then we'll get into uh, today's episode. Um. About five minutes. So we had Rachel, Joe, um, myself and Rachel's friend, uh, Danica were, was there as well. And we, mm -hmm. you know, we banged out some wings, had some fries and, uh, you guys had a nice big pint of beer. Well, one of you didn't get to finish it because I knocked right. it over, but more on that in a second. Um, Thank anyway, you. so, you know, we, again, we, we had a nice conversation, what we're going to talk about, just shooting the, shooting the breeze. And then we get behind or all set up at the table, mm -hmm. maybe what, three, four minutes before we were scheduled to go live. Now this is a live stream. Like right now mm -hmm. we're recording this for release later. This was live. There's a night show at Imperial's live. About three minutes before we were supposed, supposed to start taping, all of a sudden the light goes out, the camera goes off, yep. the mixer goes out, and I look over and I realize that uh, the, there's, I, we have an extension cord that goes into a wall outlet, and this little girl who could have been more than maybe four or five years old yep. hold it out. So, And also the way we set up, I'm on the right side, so Joe and Rachel have to get up so that I could get up to, to yep. go talk to them. I go to put, plug it back in and I go up to uh, what I assume is the kid's mom. I, I don't know that for sure, but mm -hmm. I, I plugged it back in and I said, please have her be careful. I said, we're about to do a live show. We're going live. And she didn't, she acknowledged me, but she didn't say, okay, you know, I'm sorry or any of that stuff, which I found a little bit odd. Um, and, and, and again, this is at Imperial at a big table, little two, three little kids running around while mm -hmm. adults are eating. But anyway, plug it in. Plug it back in, I should say. And then uh, Joe, Rachel, and myself go live. And we're good. You know, we do the intro. We got a nice little vibe going on early on. It's, I think it was eight minutes and 40-something seconds into the live stream. Boop. There goes the camera. 
there goes the the the, um, the mixer. There goes the computer. All the stuff's off again. Little girl pulled out the plug again, and we literally. So I get up, and now I'm really I, clearly I'm annoyed. I I think I was was it your or Rachel's beer? One of you two. I I knocked your beer over to make that. Oh, it was mine. It, it was, was Joe's mine. beer. Yeah. It was Joe's Joe's beer. So. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> so I knock Joe's beer over. I go back over there again. They're but they're in this process. They're they're leaving again. So there's no point in even saying nothing. And I plug it back in. It took us a good 15, 20 minutes to get back up on the air. Still a good crowd. And I appreciate everybody who, who stuck around or came back to the second link. But yeah, that's never happened before. So, so to your point, you never know when you go live. Mm-hmm. Sucked. Um <laughs> live live stuff, man. It's was, Joe you know, and Rachel were much better sports about it than I was. And, oh. and you pointed this out, and, and I'm gonna admit it now in hindsight because I watched the show back. Mm-hmm. I was definitely, at least early on, I was rattled. You, you were could shook. tell you were I was definitely shook because I didn't know what to do. That had never happened before. Like I said, mm-hmm. the show getting cut off live. And I told you guys before this because sometimes if you go to a live, you know, a place, a bar, a restaurant, whatever. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the internet could go out or it can get wonky, I should say. Yep. And sometimes the video fee is not good. But I always tell you, and I told you guys this on Thursday, I said, if something happens in the video, just keep going. Because yep. I have a hardline mixer that's plugged in. And, you know, this show has far more listeners on the audio side than it does on the video side. So I was like, let's just keep going. No worries. What I didn't account for was that the, the whole power would go out. So, and the audio was out as well. So like literally the whole podcast went to shit quickly, but you guys were good sports about it. And uh, we, we did it. That's the, that's the good thing of having a couple of people who've done live stuff a lot through, through our careers. You know, I sure. myself and radio, Rachel with TV. I mean, geez, TV people have to go live all the time yeah. uh, doing stuff. So, uh, but man, radio is like, it, you know, we, we always did, um, just like a, you know, like live, not necessarily events. I mean, we did a few, a handful of shows, uh, cause I, you know, I produce morning show and morning shows are, are uh, tricky because it's stupid early in the morning. A sure. B, you know, if you're out someplace, like we did one at a gas station one morning, like we did like a, some kind of like gas station promo where it was like cheap gas. And then there was coffee, like cheap coffee, whatever, some kind of deal to get people to stop by this one place. And, uh, I remember that morning people were, if people were stopping in for coffee, they just want the coffee and get out. Or if they wanted a gas and coffee, they're like, I'm refueling as fast as possible. I'm grabbing my coffee. I'm getting, getting the hell to work. Nobody wants to stop and talk. So it's pretty good because nobody's getting your way. Something in the afternoon though, especially if it's like, uh, oh man, we did one, we did like one event at like, uh, I think it's, it's called the Racino, like up in Saratoga. Like they have like these, uh, it's like video, video slot casinos up there. Mm-hmm. And we did we did an event up there one time, and it was uh, you know you're just trying to mind mind the store and keep people away from tripping on wires, or you're trying to get yourself set up so that nothing's nothing's blocking blocking the way or getting in the way of people. And I don't know, man. Sometimes people just aren't aware of aware of their surroundings, and then you know they're like, "Oh, geez, I'm sorry." And it's like, didn't you see a giant table here with people talking, and we we had speakers set up so people could hear it, the whole nine, like everything, but. Uh, but yeah, live, live stuff, man. You just, you can't account for it. You have to be ready for literally anything, anything yeah. and everything. And who knows what's going to happen. Well, handling adversity, I, I think you get better at it. It comes with experience, you know? And, and like I said, at the time that I had nothing, nothing like that had ever happened before live. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was. I was a little bit rattled. I was kind of a, a lot. It rad. was bothering me because we were talking, and you know how it is. I'm asking a mm-hmm. question, and I'm you know nodding my head while you and Rachel are are speaking. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to the to the to the mother, wherever that person was, like control your child, man. Mm-hmm. You know what? I get it the first time, but the second time, I made it really clear that we're about to do a live show, and you could look and you could see a big spotlight on. There's people looking around watching what mm-hmm. we're doing, so. You know what's going on, man. Just I don't know, but whatever. You guys, you, I, we we ended up having fun with it, and you know I'm kind of calling myself out when 99.5 percent of the people won't even know that I that I was rattled, or in many cases, because again, 90 something percent of the people listen to the show or watch the video the next day and not live, they wouldn't even know what the hell we're talking yeah. about right now. I would but say was, I would say you're still rattled now because you're because <laughs> you're still, still got on my mind. Still, you're still fired up about it. I'm so I'm, I'm a little bit annoyed at, at the woman who who didn't control her child in in a restaurant like that. But then again, I guess you know when you're doing a a show at a bar on a Thursday night at eight o'clock, uh, you know these things tend to happen. One of the Pat, things we talk about, you, Pat. I know you. I know you've you 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 have kids. You've raised kids. What yeah. happened anytime you told your kid, "Hey, don't do that." Eh. My right. kid, like well, a lot of the times, I'm sure, sure. Like, hey, 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 don't do that. And then it's like, I get it. Well, what if I did it again? And then it's yeah. like, you know, then you get more upset. And then suddenly somebody's going, getting sent to their room, you know, like that's how that goes. But we, we had a good conversation too during the show about being rattled. And, and Rachel had some good takes on that as well, you know, being on the air when something would happen like that, where you're annoyed or rattled. Another thing I remember us talking about baseball. And talking to, at least for a couple of minutes about the game feeling a little bit faster because of the pitch mm-hmm. clock. And um, right before we started taping this, and by the way, Joe and I are taping this on a Monday afternoon. That might affect a couple of things that I'll get to in a few minutes. But through the first four days of baseball, and you, I, and Rachel, we all were praising the fact that the game felt like it was going a little more swiftly, speeded up a little bit. Mm-hmm. The average game time through the first four days of the Major League Baseball season right now Two hours in 38 minutes is the average, which is 31 minutes less per game on average than, than a year ago. So I do think that matters. I really do. I think there's at least some fans, Joe, you know, there's traditionalists, there's baseball purists like you and I that are going to watch the game, whether it's mm-hmm. two and a half hours or four hours. But I think there's a lot of casual fans who don't like baseball in part because they think it's boring because the game just drags on and it's too long. Mm-hmm. I do. I mean, a half hour is not nothing. Yeah. So no, I, I do think it's early, early returns, at least anyway. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I, I think it's making baseball more tolerable for, for the casual fans and might reel some new ones in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it, if you can make it more, I think, palatable, I guess, uh, to, you know, for to sit down in front of TV and watch a game. I mean, the thing with baseball always was that you can sit down and watch a game. You don't know how long it's going to go for. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, never mind like extra innings or any of that pace of the game could mean you, you play two innings and it'd be, you know, 90 minutes, you know, almost two hours sometimes. And sure. there might not even be a lot of scoring going on. It could just be, you know, you know, pitchers being really annoying about how much time they take between pitches, batters stepping out or, you know, adjusting equipment, doing all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it can just take so long, but now, man, I, I, I feel I feel like I was telling people you're gonna love the pitch clock because we've seen it for the last few few seasons in Buffalo with the bisons and 
it's so nice sometimes to just go down there and be like, Hey, yeah, we're here for a game. And then two hours, you know, two hours, 15 minutes later, two hours, 30 minutes later, boom, done. Like you're set. And it's like, Oh, all right, cool. Like this is, this is great. And you know, I, I know some people were freaking out about, you know, the automatic strikes or balls being called because guys, you know, went, went past time. That stuff happens so rarely. Once you, once you get it down, like it's, it's fine. And you know, people are, you know, trying to you know it's like what if a game ends on an you know automatic third strike well, i don't know man get in the box <laughs> like yeah. you know like you know what the rules are or you know what if a pitcher you know walks in the winning run and you know it was because of time like i don't know man throw a pitch you know <laughs> like i know you don't want to give up a grand slam or, or anything like that but like geez you know walking a guy's bad too so uh but yeah like stuff like that i i mean listen guys are gonna get used to it it takes takes a little bit of time but uh but man I tell, you, I tell you, watching some of uh, the opening day game with the uh, Yankees and Giants, and that game flew by. It was like yeah. a two-hour, two hour, 15-minute game, something like that. And, I mean, that was helped out because both teams just kept striking out constantly. Right. <laughs> the Yankees, I mean, the starters each had like a ton of strikeouts. But, um, but I mean, like every game is is getting settled up pretty quickly, which I got no problem with it, man. Like I, I know some people are like, well, I drive three hours for a game. The game should last long too. And I'm like, I don't know if you drive three hours for like a hockey game, that's guaranteed to be two and a half hours. Like, are you mad about that? Like, I don't know. Like there's others, like you're going to a city. There's other stuff to do too. Like you can, you can plan around that. Like you can go to go somewhere post game and not have to worry about it being closed. Like it'll be nine 30. You can go somewhere for like a late dinner or whatever, you know, like that's, you know, things you can do. Yeah, I, um, Saturday afternoon, I, I was out at uh, the Ridge, that, that newer bar in, in West Seneca, and I went with two friends of mine, and the Yankees were playing on Fox. Yep. And uh, yeah, I just noticed that the game just felt like it was going by a little bit quicker. And they don't, at least on Fox anyway, they don't have the pitch clock mm. on the screen until it gets close to the end. Like once it gets under like 10 seconds or so, then you can start to see it right now. And not even like big, you know, annoying numbers, but it's small, yeah. but it's noticeable if you're looking. Um, to keep an eye on the clock because I was wondering for a while too, like, you know, how much time's left on the clock. It just, yeah. I don't know. It has made it enjoyable. I'm making a much more concerted effort this year to just, and the time stuff aside, just to get back in the baseball. Yeah. I feel like last year I didn't really watch, especially if it wasn't a Yankees game. I pretty much yeah. didn't watch anything, but um, <laughs> you know, the Yankees have played three games so far, two and one as we, again, as we tape this on Monday night or on Monday afternoon, Um, the, the pitchings look good. Yankee, yeah. um, Stanton's got two home runs. He's he's still that streaky player though, man. He goes on a tear, and then I want to pull my hair out of his head because he's going to strike out like seventeen straight times, or you know, leave the bases loaded four four times in six games, or something crazy like that. But uh, fun start, man. It's he hit, a fun start he hit for Yankees. One of the longest home runs I've ever seen at Yankee Stadium uh, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that, yeah, he hit it over the restaurant, hit it above the restaurant in dead center field, which is insane i don't remember people doing that um i mean that's i think back to like the old stadium that's like deep in the black the black bleachers you know yeah. the batter's eye bleachers like that's reggie jackson in the world series territory like that far like that's that's bananas like that's talking like i think they measured at 475 feet i'm like that's out in the old old stadium like that's mm -hmm. that's like you're running through the monuments out in center field trying to find the ball and it might still be over the fence that's yeah, that stuff was like that, that man is nuts. That's an that's an insane that's an insane home run. Plus, like 117 miles an hour. Good lord! Yeah, the, the start, rocket. starting pitching looks good early on. Um, Aaron Judge already has a pair of home runs. We're probably talking about the Yankees too damn much. There's a lot of <laughs> non-Yankee fans 
who listen and watch this podcast. One funny thing, though, on opening day, uh, Sal Mariano, who is, that's my guy, but yeah. and he's a Yankees fan. He's a Cubs fan, but God, he is the biggest complainer on Twitter with these teams. It can be insufferable, his tweets at times when they're not playing well. They both won on opening day, and they both won by shutout. So I was yeah. like, even Sale had nothing to bitch about on th <laughs> on Thursday. That was <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, I you know before we get into some saber stuff too. By the way, just before we started taping this, um, I, I caught another episode of that Jeff Skinner between two stalls, <laughs> dude. That shit is funny, man. Yeah. Look, if you're a Sabers fan, or maybe if you're not a Sabers fan, you want to get to know these guys a little bit. Go. I'm, I know it's on the Sabers. I'm sure it's on their website and all that other stuff. Oh, but yeah. I know it's on their Sabers Twitter. Jeff Skinner has been hosting this little series between two stalls, which is kind of paying homage to uh between two ferns with uh, yep. Zach Delafrance. What the hell is his name? Yeah, yeah goddamn, I'll never be able to say his name right. <laughs> but anyway, that's just some iconic, funny ass TV, you know, satire mm -hmm. interviews and stuff like that. Jeff Skinner's kind of doing a takeoff on that, and some of them have been okay, and some of them have been really good. And this one yep. with Matias Samuelson today on Monday was uh really funny especially yeah. he rolled off stats all-star stats in front of sammy civic oh wait that's rasmus Dalin. that was freaking uh hilarious and then, he, then he looks at he's like hang on let me find your stats and he's like flipping through all the papers and he goes he goes <laughs> he's looking at he doesn't even say them and he just looks up he goes is that correct because I mean, there's no numbers yeah he's, he's got like a goal and like a you know a handful of assists and absolutely yeah. absolutely <laughs> hilarious man god I, I it, it was really good and uh you know it's a it's a chance joe too if you if you're a kind of a fringe fan and, and you know you know you know about the team and you like some of the players or whatever but you really don't know them personally yeah these kind of things go a long way towards getting to know personalities of, of these players mm -hmm. and i and i think that uh that kind of goes a long way. This is a pretty likable team, and I think that's a yeah. likable segment. I joked on Twitter. I said that Jeff Skinner's better than a lot of podcasters out there with <laughs> <laughs> his interviewing skills. Um, hey, yeah. listen, that includes me, man. I'm. I was trying to work the room a little bit today to, to you know, working on stuff. And I was. Your sometimes your brain is just sludge. Today was a sludge day, very unfortunately. Which, you know, I hate it when that happens. But it's like I'm trying to ask questions, and I'm just kind of like like word vomit coming out and i you know then i feel bad for the players it's like yeah i'm really sorry about that just <laughs> shit happens but yeah right i mean it's you know not everybody's always on their game i think everybody understands that but man it was um i don't i don't think anybody's really talked to skinner about doing that and honestly i don't think he's i don't think he's gonna really tell us a whole heck of a lot but um it's 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 just so funny it's just so funny to see it i from what they'd say, what the Sabres say, they say it's all Skinner. Like he came up with the idea, he came up with you know the whole thing, and like that's all on him. Which, yeah, um, he, he's, he's he's something else. <laughs> it's really good. Like he must have been watching TikTok and watching those clips. If if not watching, you know the whole all the interviews with Zach. But yeah, that shit is uh really good. All right, turn say, it out. Skinner. I was gonna say I was just gonna say Skinner is old enough to have been like right there for when all that stuff. You know when the between two ferns was was kind of making the rounds. That was probably uh probably pretty early in his career i would imagine but like yeah like he's perfect wheelhouse for him some of the guys that you know the, the players he's interviewing are all like 21 <laughs> i don't mm. i don't know that those guys know it too well <laughs> let's um I, i'm looking by the way if you happen to be watching this on youtube side i don't know what the hell goes on with my camera or this internet sometimes or 
Actually, I'm sorry to think it's StreamYard and none of that stuff because I had Aaron Quinn on last week and he froze and had all kinds of issues as well. But anyway, my image just went all staticky and shit like that. Who cares? All right, let's get to um this wild card race with the Buffalo Sabres because mm-hmm. this shit is intense right now. Again, we are taping this Monday, so most people are going to be listening to this on uh, Tuesday morning at some point, the audio side. The video usually comes out later on Monday, so maybe some people see that. But regardless, there's mm-hmm. no games involving these teams on Monday night. So what you're seeing right now, if you're watching on the YouTube side with the standings, the wild card standings, or you know what I'll explain to you on the audio side, isn't going to change before you're listening to this. Right now, the Sabres have seven games left, and they are currently five, game, five points behind Pittsburgh and six points behind the Islanders. On the surface, Joe, it kind of feels like, you know, there's not a lot they could do, but mm. you know, to some extent, don't don't they almost with seven games left? Because so now that listen, and what's important to let people know is the the Sabers have two games in hand over Florida. Who, by the way, I should have brought them up because they're four points ahead of the Sabers as well, and in third. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they got two games in hand over Florida, uh, two games in hand over Pittsburgh, and three games in hand over the Islanders. If the Sabres aren't controlling their own destiny, aren't they like really close to doing so? It's yes. Uh, first off, yes. I, it, they're not fully in control because uh, unfortunately they have the fewest regulation wins uh, of all the teams. And that's the tiebreaker uh, that call uh, for people watching the video. It's the RW ROW ROW is wins in regulation overtime or shootout. Like that's just, or regulation, uh, regulation overtime wins, not shootout stuff. So you know, whatever nuts to that. Um, but regulation wins is the tiebreaker. They're do- they've done everything the last few years to try to cut shutout or shootouts uh, from from being a tiebreaker type thing, and they've done pretty well with that. Which always gets me to say, like, why are we doing shootouts? Mm-hmm. You know, just just get rid of that garbage. But um, but they but so like they have the fewest regulation wins now. Obviously, if you know if they were able to run the table the rest of the way. And they're all regulation wins. Well, I'd feel pretty good about their their chances there. But except um, for Florida, they're not going to catch. They will. They'll lose a tie to Florida. Yeah, I, they're, I fine. Mean, they're, they're fine. I mean, Florida yeah. collapse. The Sabers will just pass them in points, and it wouldn't right. even matter for a tie. So exactly, or unless you know, Florida just wins games in shootouts. I mean, but that's the only other way. But sure. Um, yeah, yeah. When, if they win in overtime or shootouts, that's that's fine. I mean, you don't want them to win anyways. But mm-hmm. um, but if they're able to do that, then that's that's the that's the escape hatch for that. But um, but yeah, like five back. I mean, they got games in hand on everybody. Um, and you know, I know Ottawa's still technically, I mean, there's nobody's out yet, which, you know, there, we had, we had some folks coming, coming through asking questions to, uh, to some of the players in the past week or two, asking frame, phrasing the questions in a, well, the season's over for you. What about blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, hey, you're out of it. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it's like, listen, I know the last loss was bad, but they're not out of anything. Like, and I, and everybody in this playoff race, every single team, Ottawa, Buffalo, Florida, Pittsburgh, Islanders, they've punted away opportunities to lock this down. Sure. Like for the last two months, every team is just, it's right when you think they're like, hey, they got this. They're, they're going to, you know, they're probably going to lock this up. They lose three, four in a row. And you're like, well, there goes that <laughs> because it brings everybody else back into the picture. And, that I mean, that's happened with the Islanders. They've looked like absolute garbage lately. Pittsburgh is just so hot, cold. I mean, whatever you know, whatever that Florida, Florida is the one I worry about because they're playing extremely well now. Um, they 
Florida's been playing better since Matthew Kachuk's old man Keith called out the team and said, "Hey, you guys are you guys aren't playing very hard." And then you know they've been on fire ever since then. Which you know, hey, good <laughs> having a hockey dad who you know is a borderline Hall of Famer, pretty good. It's right a good thing to have, but um, it's a, it, it, it's. I've been referring to this whole race as a rock fight because it's just people are just fumbling everything. Everybody has some great, you know, they have great highlight abilities, but they also have fatal flaws. Every single team has a fatal flaw. And, you know, for Buffalo, it's goaltending for the Islanders. It's offense uh, for Pittsburgh. It's age, age and consistency, Florida, maybe goaltending too. Like they're, you know, their goaltending hasn't been super duper. They're mm-hmm. having some health things going on there too. Ottawa, you know, it's, it's it, you know, goaltending, all their goalies are hurt in Ottawa. So, you know, they, and they've got some similar, you know, Buffalo inexperience going on there too. But, um, but it's just a matter of getting hot. Sabres are getting warm now. Points in five straight. They won four out of those five. Um, after winning, after winning, after winning just two of their 12 before that, though, you talk about yeah. it and you're spot on. Every team has squandered opportunities and mm-hmm. it's tough. It's hard to look at that stretch where the Sabres won yeah. just two out of 12. And you look at, you know, some games, I mean, they were outclassing a lot of those games. Let's yep. just put that out there. But man, losing at home to Columbus and yeah. during that run, and they lost the game at Philly. And I know they lost at home before that, too. But I'm talking about yeah. even just during his 12 games. They lose at Philly. They lose at home against Columbus. That's four yeah. points right there. That is literally, yeah. I mean, I'll pull it back up right there. Let's just take those yeah. two and give the Sabres four more points. Bam, they're one point behind Pittsburgh. They're yep. tied with Florida with two games in hand. You know, so that is, it's huge, man. And yep. they lost in overtime to the Rangers a couple weeks ago, and that was a game they should have won. They absolutely, they I felt like they deserved to win that game. They did. And then they lost a shootout to Washington that I thought they could have won that's a game they during regulation. Won in right, yeah. Exactly. That's, so that's, that's game. you know, they so. get one point for each, but add those up. That's two more points. So any combination of getting those four points, and the Sabres are firmly in control. Seven yeah. games left. I feel like, do you feel like if they go six and one, I do you feel like that's what they need to do to like have a really good realistic chance to to, to sneak in and get into the playoffs? Seven yeah. games, they got to win six, right? If they go six and one, I would bet they would make the playoffs. If they don't, that I mean, tip your hat to the teams that do because that you know that would that would tell me that those teams also hulked up and took care mm-hmm. of their business too. Um, Six and one would be pretty incredible. Uh, that would be a what a max of 93 points, 93 points, yeah, 93. Yeah, and you know, compared to last season where 100 you needed to get 100 to get in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. like 100 was the second wild card team was Washington, they had 100 points. It's a different thing. I mean, that that comes from Boston being you know just killing everybody. Uh, Toronto and Tampa are also, you know, having great season devils, eh, Carolina devils and Rangers are all over a hundred points. Like it's a top, it's a top heavy thing in the Eastern conference. It's very top heavy. So that brings the, the, the number down at the bottom to get into the playoffs. Whereas last year was a little bit more evenly balanced, but, um, so yeah, like for me, Buffalo's where they should be. Like this, I think this is what I had in mind beginning of the season. Like this is the, the right around that point area, you know, they're, they've got more than 80, they're going to end up having probably the most points they've had since what 2012, I think. I think they had like what 89 in 2012. So um, they're they're right right about where I figured they were going to be. It's just that the the bar to reach the playoffs dropped down 
And now it's, you know, it's like, hey, they might, you know, they might wind up getting like, you know, 87, 88, 89 points. And it's like, wow, it's a great season. It's like, yeah, but then they missed the playoffs by two points. It's like, wait, what? They, you know, how does that happen? I was like, because you're going into the year thinking you need to, you need to get 100. And, you know, I, and I made sure I said this at the beginning of the season. I said, if you have to get 100, playoffs are probably out of reach for this group. But I never thought about, <laughs> I never thought about the bar being 93 points, which I'm then I'm like, no, things break right. They could get in then because that was a that was a semi realistic goal, I think, for this group. If everything went, you know, if you got great performances from a lot of guys, which hey, look, that's exactly what's happened. Uh, you know, Darlene's been Norris level. T- Thompson's been, you know, geez, Thompson's got to get a lot of MVP votes if they if they make the playoffs. Like absolutely, he's absolutely yeah. getting them. Um, so I mean, they've just had some tremendous play. Owen Power should be a Calder should be a Calder top five guy. Like. It's just, it's really impressive. And that's all while having pretty crappy goaltending most of the time, you know? It's, you know, for a lot of goalies, it's just, they just want to give your team a chance to win. But there's been a lot of nights where it's like, they they didn't give their team a chance at all. And now the nights where, you know, the defense lets them down and they look bad for it. But this is, uh, this is really interesting because the team's team's feeling it again. Like the room is, is up, light, it's happy. The guys are, you know, guys are joking around. They're having fun. It's you know you said it's a big difference. You you were around. We heard a lot of talk. (laughs) Some of it, I think, even from Granado, that the team was tight, that there was anxiety going on. They were playing tense, and you were there for that. And now you're there, and you're talking about the team starting to look light and loose again. Do you do you notice a a difference in attitude right now compared to maybe say even just a week or two ago? Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's winning fixes everything. Like that's always. You know, that that's that's the thing that will always make a room feel better is winning games. And you know, they, like I said, they won four of the last five. So sure. that that helps out a lot, but they're playing well. I think that's the important part. It's not like they're scraping by and you know, kind of stealing wins here and there. Like they're playing pretty well. They're playing pretty solidly. And um, you know, like they've gotten great goalie performances in each of like the last like three or four games. You know, UPL was great in Philly. Uh Levi was great against was great against the Rangers. You know, Comrie, you know, he was super against Montreal. I know people are going to, you know, get bitchy about the the shootout or whatever, but like played pretty well aside from a couple of like, eh, you know, goals, but you got to overtime, win, you know, win it in a shootout, win it overtime, don't go to a shootout. Um, and then he was great against the Islanders. He shuts out the Islanders, you know, like you, you get everything that you wanted out of, out of those performances. So um, it, if everything's coming together finally now, boy, what a t- what a time to get it in under the wire. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I'm back with Joe Yurden from Noted Hockey and Maintenance Day Podcast alongside Lance Lazowski of the Buffalo News. Tuesday night, again, we're taping this Monday, so i got to make sure I don't say tonight. But tonight, if you're listening on Tuesday, Sabres at Florida, for all intents and purposes, to me, this is a playoff elimination game. Like, the Sabres cannot afford to lose this game. You go one more quick look at the standings. Buffalo has two games in hand. They'll still have two games in hand after, after tonight, obviously, because they're playing each other. But the Sabres win, especially if they can win in regulation, bam, they're only two points behind Florida now. But if they lose, they're six points back. So makes all the difference in the world. So to me, this is kind of one of those, you, you better win mm-hmm. if, you, if you want to have a chance to get into the playoffs. And speaking of which, you hit on it before the break. Devin Levi played great against the Rangers in his NHL debut on uh, last Friday night. So everything's, again, this is a playoff type game. On Tuesday night against Florida at practice on uh, Monday, Devin Levi had the crease to himself while it was um, Olmark and, and Comrie, right? Alternating uh, on the other side. No Anderson yeah. at all. No, if, if Linus Olmark was still here, we'd be, be having vastly. Why do I keep saying him? UPL, <laughs> you know what I meant. God UPL, damn, yes. Man. Yeah, UPL. God damn. That's got to be like the fourth time I've done that this season, by the way. <laughs> anyway, indications would seem that Devin Levi will get the call on Tuesday. Of course, Florida is the team to trade him, but I really don't think Granado cares about sentiments when it comes to the season potentially being on the line right now. It's more about his play and just if it's the right situation. It kind of leads to my question. Do you think he's going to get the start? Do you think Devin Levi should get the start right now in his what would be his second game? And mm-hmm. Again, just a huge, huge game. If, you, if you're Don Granado and the choice is yours, are you playing Devin Levi against the Panthers? You know what? I'll, I'll just present the facts as they came out. Uh, you know, Levi, yes, he had the net to himself. Uh, afterwards, Don, Don Granado made sure to say that like, he wanted to get him reps, get him the most reps he can because, you know, he hasn't been around all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the other guys have 70 games worth of, of action for the most part. So, like, they, you know, Comrie and UPL can split time down there. That's fine. It's a nice way to, to kind of keep things covered, but it sure feels like Levi's going to get the Florida game. Um, just based on him having the solo net, usually that's been the tip off for, you know, they practice before they hit the road. You know, if they're going to hit the road for, you know, for a game, 
to whatever. But the next game, whoever got the solo reps, that's usually the guy that gets the call the next for that next game. And I mean, it's Levi right now. And you know, all we, we you know we talked to Levi after practice, and you know these are the these are the moments he he lives for. Like I mean. Any competitive player wants that. You know, you want to get the call in that kind of game where it's like, mm-hmm. we got to win. It's win or else. Um, and Levi feeds on that kind of stuff. I bet if you ask Eric Comrie, he would say, he's like, yeah, give me the call. Ask UPL. He's like, give me that shot. Well, let sure. me take Like, all those guys want it. Nobody's going to shy away from that. Um, but the way Levi played against the Rangers, I mean, it was every every big moment he seemed to rise to it. And, you know, and that comes in the form of, you know, making a big stop, you know, making a great play in the situation, freezing the puck at the right time. Um, you know, play, he played with a ton of swagger, like it's just a ton of swagger. Like he's, he's an incredibly confident guy. Um, you know, I asked him about how, uh, you know, sometimes some of those saves he's looking like, I didn't say cocky, but I was like, you, you see the confidence really coming out in that. And he's, he's like, no, I love the feel that puck in my glove. He's like, I love, love to have it. Like, show it right off right there. I got it. Like, okay, man, that's going to get you run a few times in the NHL. Keep doing that. But, you know, um, but it's, uh, but like that, it's that kind of uh, sort of young attitude. I mean, none of these guys are old. Craig Anderson's the old guy, but like he's, you know, he's battling something. But, um, but it comes from just not really having been around all the stress that's happened here. And like, he's had enough stress at Northeastern. I mean, they had their whole end of their season was we got to win the tournament. We got to get, you know, we got to win the tournament to get in the NCAAs. Uh, you know, if, you know, fell short, losing overtime, you know, tough loss. His team couldn't score, uh, which kind of fell in line with how Northeastern season went really uh, completely. But, um, but I mean, he sure feels like he's going to get the call. Um, I, I would be mildly surprised if he doesn't, um, but I, I don't know. I've been very wrong about when he's going to start games, like ever since he signed. So I, I could be very wrong here again, but, um, it's just, I don't know. It just feels like this is going to be his, everything's right there for it. Like they're playing the team that traded him. You know, the guy that went to bat for him, uh, for the Panthers to draft him is still working there. Roberto Luongo. Like that's, you know, like his childhood, you know, uh, hero slash, you know, coach really. Like, I mean, he works for the Panthers. He's right there. Uh, you know, his folks live in Florida now. So there's a lot there that really lines up that it's going to, it's going to be his game. But then again, I thought Montreal was going to be his game because it was his hometown team there. Montreal's not very good. You know, it'd be a great way for it kind of ease him into things. And I was wrong, dead wrong about that. So I might be dead wrong about this too. Look, the, the, the stakes are high on Tuesday, which, I have to point this out, and we've done this several times. If you would have told me in October that we're on, what, April, tomorrow's going to be April 4th, or Tuesday night's April 4th, and the Sabres are playing a high-stakes game, and I could sign up for that in October, man, I couldn't have signed that contract fast enough, you know? Because it's been a long, long time now since, this, you know, forget April, or talking St. Patrick's Day. When's the last time before now the Sabres have played really meaningful hockey yeah. this late in the season? It's been a while. So, the stakes are really high, but I, when it comes to Devin Levi, I almost feel like, especially after he looked against the Rangers on Friday, to an extent, I almost feel like they're playing with house or Devin at least is playing with house money. You know, if he goes out and Florida puts up, you know, and they win five, two and Devin looks a little shaky, almost like, well, what do you expect? You know, the yeah. kid, it's his second NHL start. Look what he got thrown into. 
Um, you know, just he's got a long way to go. And he's done, and even if he has gets a shutout, he's still got work ahead of him. But mm-hmm. so I look at it from that, but then I'm like, but dude, what happens if he goes out and then they beat Florida like say three to one and he looks really, really good? Mm-hmm. He's got that, you know. Let's go back to the Yankees. Anthony Volpe, he's got that, that kind of like star potential. It just you could just feel it. And I kind of feel like Devin Levi kind of has that kind of vibe right now with the Sabres. It's like a star in the making, just waiting to come out. Yeah. Might come out sooner than we thought. But if he comes out and against Florida and he looks really good and plays and the Sabres beat Florida on the road, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I hate to look ahead too, Joe, but <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I don't know if it was you, but I, I know some people, have, a lot of people have said, it's a good chance Levi's not with Buffalo to start the season next year. Mm. How does that happen? If he if he finishes the season strong, how do you justify him being in Rochester for any amount of time next year? It's hard to picture that, man. I I, I think the conversation changes dramatically if if he goes on a hot run here at the end. That that changes all of it because I I was of the mind that like yeah he'll get. Of course, this was a different mindset too. This was looking like they're probably not making the playoffs. So you know, play hard going into the end of the season. Give him a couple games. Let's see what he looks mm-hmm. like. Um. Now it's a it's a different thing now. It's a it's a very different picture right now because they are right there. And yeah, if he goes out and has a great game against Florida, well, I mean, he's no longer he's still the rookie, he's still the new guy, but now he's part of the mix. He's part of the rotation, which I mean, I, you can say he is now. Um and Don's not been not shied away from the hot hand thing, but the I mean, which I again, could be kind of an issue now because you could say all three guys are you know are up you know all you know all three goalies they're trending up yeah right so and the other part of that though is that neither of these other two guys have experience that gives them an edge over levi like none of them have like taken a team to the playoffs before none of them you know you know there's always been a little something here or there that's gotten in the way for him you know comrie's had some ahl success so has upl you know upl got skunked out of going to the plane of the playoffs last season because he got run last game of the season and got injured like you know stuff like that happens but um but in levi's case i mean if he shows that he's he's got it conversation changes dramatically about this season and next and next season and beyond because you go from thinking well this guy's gotta he's gotta get more pro games under his belt he's gotta play you know because he's young i mean he's 21 years old like that's 21 years old and he's got like what 60 games worth of action in college it's not a ton of experience there. right that's i mean it's it's two years two years worth of games um and you know you, you think back to the way things were back in the day when you were trying to bring a goalie along sometimes these guys would play one or 200 games in in the minors before they get they get the call and you know sometimes that's the way it works but i don't know man like we're <laughs> We're in a very interesting position with with how this is going to play out because because uh, if he takes it and he and he runs with it, I I don't know I don't know how you say no to it when you come around to camp in September yeah. because to because at that point he's the fans are going to say, well, we got our number one, we're good, and it would be very hard for me to see the the you know the Kevin Adams and the rest of the you know the rest of the leadership and the team being like. No, we still got to send him to Rochester. I find that very hard to believe. I I don't think fans would uh, be receptive to that no. at all, and that no. is an understatement. This guy, Emmerich fans still, would love it, but know, like Sabres fans would lose their minds to steal a a Roman Reigns uh, catchphrase. He's a needle mover. It feels like yeah. to me, Devin Levi. So if he ends mm-hmm. this season well, 
He's a guy who could put butts in, you know, in the stands. Mm-hmm. That would be a tough sell. One more quick Sabres note, which is an important one, obviously. Tage Thompson was back on the ice practicing. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's going to be back in the lineup for this big game. So you got the you got the first line. That's set. And the second line is set as well. And maybe another week, we're going to deep dive more into this Quinn Baturka Cousins line because, man, it, it feels good to have two good lines going. Krebs has been playing with Akposo and Gergensen's. Anyway, third line. Looks like Middlestad will be back to center with Greenway, who scored in two straight games on one wing. And then you had Olsen and, and Jost alternating. Last week, I remember on the podcast, not our live show, but our show last Tuesday, we had a good discussion on if Rusek, Lucas Rusek, did enough on Monday to earn another start on Friday. We thought he earned it, but that got squashed pretty quickly. He went down to Rochester. And um, anyway, I remember asking you who would be out, and we said Olofsson was the guy who deserved to be out. Now we're in another situation on Tuesday. Is it going to be Olofsson? Is it going to be Jose? Who is Who's more likely to uh, be sitting in that press box in this pivotal game on Tuesday night? I I hate picking on Victor, but I think it's got to be him just because Jost, um, Jost brings the defensive response, you know, the heavy responsibility mm-hmm. on defense. Uh, he's a face-off guy. You can uh, have him jump out there in key defensive zone draw situations and either have him take it straight out or have him as a guy in case the guy get you know the main guy gets tossed out of the tossed out of the circle. Uh, so that way you're not, you know, trying to force somebody who who either isn't very good at it or it doesn't do it enough to to be able to you know to maybe win a, an important draw uh in the zone where you need to get the puck back um i i, I just i don't know it, it, it the some of the, the the line rotations were weird because it was all four guys were kind of like taking a turn not skating with them like the one turn i saw uh, like middle stat was on the wing, Jost was at center, and then I think it was Olofsson on the other side, and then it was one, one with Greenway, Olofsson, and Jost, and then there was one with uh, Greenway, Jost, and Olofsson. It was just everybody getting a turn, every you know, everybody getting a look throughout. You know, the wings stayed on the wings, Casey went back and forth between center and wing, depending on what happened with him and Jost. So, um, but I, I would find it really hard to believe they would sit Jost, but he's done it already. He's done it kind of recently. And I think trying to trying to gauge how Don assessed that, I think he looked at that as a mistake when he when he did that before, just like a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think he's he did that and it just didn't click. Like things weren't right with the with a couple of the other lines. And he was like, maybe that wasn't the right move. So um, but Victor, you know, Victor's a power play player. So there's that part. He's been very protective of the power play. All I know is that. Uh, you know, I mean, hey, maybe Greenway comes out, but again, hot hand, two goal, you know, two straight games of the goal. Yeah, I don't see that. And you know, at you know, listen, I asked about uh, the goalie scored against the Rangers, where he was, you know, scores it one handed, you know, pushing in on the Rangers D, and then just like you know, shuffleboards one, and it goes off a stick and right, right to the goal. But um, you know, I asked and I said, is that the kind of performance you want to see from him? And Don was very like. It's like, well, you know, he got the goal, but you know, there's some things I still didn't like tonight, and blah 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 blah. You know, that, like that kind of stuff. He very was very careful about that. Um, I didn't see if he had said anything about his play Saturday, uh, but you know, had another goal. You know, was playing the garbage man in front of the net, put a rebound in, exactly what you want from a from a you know six foot five forward. Um, so, I don't know. There's a there's a lot of options here. I gotta think. I gotta. I. I I think I have to, I think it's going to be Victor. I think, um, 
because I think your line ends up being Middlestat, Jost, and Greenway left to right. Um, just because, I mean, Middlestat's not coming out. I'll tell you that right now. No, He's, no, 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 no. There's no shot of that. I um, thought he did a good job. You did, he did pretty good filling yeah. for Page on that top line. Oh, yeah. I no, think he, that, he was respectable out there for sure. Absolutely. He was, he was, he was very strong. Like there was, it was not a, a big sag back, especially, you know, Tuck gets a hat trick against Philly. So it's, you know, something was going right there. So, sure. uh, you know, one of them was a shorthanded goal. So it's, you know, Casey wasn't out there for that, but um, I just, I think it's going to be Victor, but I, I mean, if you asked me to put money on, on who was coming out, I wouldn't put money on anything. Cause I just not sure. I'm just totally not sure yet. Um, It would be tough. <laughs> You're right. I it's agree with decision. you. Obviously, you're really covering hard. the team. You would know far better than I do. I, it would just be tough to take Greenway out. I think after scoring two games, yeah. you trade for the guy. You're waiting for him to do something. I know, like mm -hmm. you said, sometimes, you know, just like with football, you can get a sack in a game. I mean, you had a good game. It means you got a sack. You know what I'm saying? I'm, but yeah, doing I it twice, think... it'd, it'd be it'd be odd to take him out of the lineup right now. Yeah, and Florida, Florida's rough and tumble. You know, they're one of yeah. those teams that stirs stirs shit up. Sure. And Matthew Kachuk's a king at it. Like he's he's so friggin' good. Yeah. <laughs> he's such a good player and he's he's such an asshole to everybody on the ice. But he's you know, good guy, great player, total prick on the ice, which yeah. is uh, the perfect thing. Like he, if he were in Buffalo, you wouldn't be able to keep his jersey on the rack. Everybody would be everybody would have a Kachuk jersey at that point. But um but uh, that to me is one of those games where that's why you get a greenway. Like you, you like to have him out there to be physical, you know, if you know, if need be, maybe, you know, maybe he throws down, but like, that's, that's why you get Stillman. That's why you get greenway is to kind of handle a team. That's going to play that kind of, you know, rough and tumble kind of game. They've got a lot of skill. Don't get it wrong. But like sure. those guys play hard. You know, Barkov plays a hard game. He's a great two way forward. Uh, Kachuk, same thing. Like, just a lot of guys that put up points and, you know, old pal, Sam Reinhardt's a goal away from 30, you know, yeah. he's super on the power play. You know, he's playing on the third line too, which is makes those numbers really stick out. His, his two line mates don't score a ton of goals, but he does. So um, it, it's, there's a lot going on with that team. That's, that's really entertaining and very good. And it's, you know, I, I know they beat him last time out the first two games of the season fell short in those first two, but, um, but that last game, I think that was also down. Yeah, that was down in Florida. They beat them. So we'll see, man. Like this is this is a fascinating game because both teams are fighting for it right now. And this is this is an in-season playoff game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely, man. And again, April 4th. And I'm really excited about watching a late, very late regular season Buffalo Sabres game. Realistically, as a fan. That's all I could ask for at this point. I'm I'm happy with the progress uh, they're making. On the Bills side, well, we talked twice last week. Literally nothing's happened. I mean, uh, kind of, what are we going to do? Regurgitate the same stuff? Right. We talked about twice last week. No real news. And they signed Taylor Rapp to safety. We talked about that. Um, Tim Graham reported that the DeAndre Hopkins trade, and it's not dead, but lots of things are going to happen. You never know. So dead's a strong word, but is highly unlikely to happen, especially as things stand right now. We're three and a half weeks out from the draft. Uh, it's all about the draft at this point. And, you know, and everyone's, the Bills need to take a weapon, get it. I hear it all the time. I hear it literally every day. Problem is, in theory, sometimes things sound good, but you, so, you, you got to have the right player. Like, you know, yeah, they need a receiver. 
Or at least you can make it a strong argument that they need a receiver early in the draft. Problem is, they're picking 27. Likely three or maybe even four wide receivers are gone when they mm-hmm. pick 27. You know, yeah. who doesn't want a home run hitting running back like Bajan Robinson? He's going to be, ain't going to be there at 27. So in the last couple of years, we've had the Travis Etienne debate. Um, mm-hmm. The Brees Hall debate last year. You ain't going to be debating that this year because your boy's going to be gone at 27. So I don't even have to hear that. But uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think lots of things can be played. Defensive end. I know fans hate hearing this shit, but defensive end is in play. Vaughn Miller's old and he's coming off an injury. And Greg Rizzo looks good, but Boogie Basham, not so much. A.G. Epinesa, not so much. And this is last year. Jack Lawson hasn't re-signed. And his free agency's been going on for almost a month now. And nobody signed him. So, you know. But the problem again, Joe, is, all right, we'll take it at defensive end. Well, who? Because, you know, the top guys are probably going to be gone off the board at 27. You just... You got to find a good player regardless of position. The one spot on this team that looks glaringly obvious, this is kind of the one topic that I wanted to hit up with you. Linebacker looks obvious. You go get a Jack Campbell or Drew Sanders. Those are the two big names. Well, we're hearing a lot of talk that the Bills are going to play more six DB. Uh, they're calling it double nickel. I guess, you know, a dime, whatever you want to call it. It's not dime? I was like, it's pretty much a dime. And they're like, the theory is, okay, you want to run the ball? Go ahead. You know, if you're playing a team that's going to surrender the run and you're playing the Bengals and the Chiefs, all right, I'll take the ball out of Mahomes' hands or Joe Burrow's hands. Sounds fine for those two teams. But what about the 13 other games where you, your high-powered offense is on the sidelines because you're just surrendering six, seven, eight yards a run? Mm-hmm. What happens when you're playing the, the New England Patriots and the, and the yep. Pittsburgh Steelers and the Vegas Raiders and you're letting these guys carve you up on the ground? I don't buy than playing this 6db look a lot an obvious passing down sure but right. you gotta have a you gotta have a thumper middle linebacker who, who can be versatile i don't buy terrell dodson starting and terrell bernard everyone's oh he's a third year rookie last year i said it and i'll keep saying it he wasn't valuable enough to even be on the playoff roster he wasn't even active mm-hmm. now he's going to be the starting middle linebacker yeah, Just, I don't know. I don't buy it. Are we overthinking anything else, receiver or anything? Because the linebacker is such a glaring need. Thinking about anything else early on is overthinking. I, you know, I've been looking at this class pretty well. You know, not not as deep as a lot of other people. Just because I, I've seen people doing seven round mocks, and I'm like, you're insane. Like, like Aaron, Aaron Quinn and I, I every week. How do you yeah. predict? Like, you're just picking a name out of a hat for the seventh right? Yeah, this seems like a good idea here. Not knocking <laughs> the guys for doing it. Like, that's the gig. Like, that's that's fine. I if I tried to do that for hockey, dude, I'd lose my mind. Yeah. I would lose my friggin' mind trying to pick out 17 and 18 year olds that were, you know, that might never play, you know, most of them. But yeah, I mean, hey, kudos to them for doing it because that's 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 a ton of research. There's a ton, ton, ton of research. It's so much video. But I mean, I don't know. I from what I've gathered, from what you know, from what I've looked at, anyways, aside from Smith and Jigba, this receiver class is booty cheeks. It's not good. It's not very good at all. So, like, unless that guy falls in your lap or you want to trade up for him, like, he's not. I can't, I can't see him doing that. But, um, you know, hey, maybe grab a guy later on and maybe he turns into something. But, like, I don't know, expectations are low. The t- defensive side of things, though, as far as Buffalo is concerned, you mentioned all the the DNs that you know that they that they've had and they've taken, and like he's drafted all three of these guys. You know, Rousseau, Basham, Epinesa, and two of those three guys. Not, not much. They ain't nope. it. Nope. Do you trust 
Bean and Company to pick another one? I don't know if I would. It's uh, it's suspicious. I'll tell you that much. I got the wrong picture up here. There he is. If you're watching on the video, so I'm just clicking away at buttons. Yeah, your boy Brandon Bean. I look, man. Um, his draft record is spotty. It's spotty. I was on a podcast a couple days ago, not my show, someone else's, and they were running off day two picks for the Bengals. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend I remember the picks because I don't. <laughs> but he he ran off all the picks for um the Bills during the Brandon Bean regime, for the most part, man. Not that good. Yeah, it's not. I mean, he's done pretty good with it on the ones with Tremaine and Josh. And, mm-hmm. and uh, well, if you want to count Trey, well, you can't try, count Trey White because he came afterwards. But um, mm-hmm. Greg Wiseau has been a hit. I think he's been a pretty good player. Yeah. And Oliver. Yeah. But day two picks. Not that good. And it, it's hurt the bills. It's it, that's why they don't have the top and as much top end talent as a team like Kansas City and mm-hmm. the Bengals in part because Brandon Bean has not done a a great job of, of hitting on these day two picks. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild to think that that can change things, but I mean, I, you know, just on the hockey side of things, I've the teams that I've seen in the past that like, you know, hit it basically square in the head with the first round picks and don't do anything afterwards. Like they don't get a guy in the second or third round or get surprised by a guy out of the fourth or fifth or whatever. Those teams they might be competitive for a little bit, but they're going to fall by the wayside pretty damn quick. Sure. They don't have anybody coming up, you know, aside, you know, if you, your first round pick makes it cool. Great. But if you ain't got depth and you, you don't have guys coming in behind to you know, help out when guys are, you know, uh, they leave in free agency, you get traded, whatever uh, you're going to be hurting. And I mean, geez, the Sabres have been in that position for pretty good while where, you know, they nailed it on first rounders or, you know, Maybe sometimes they didn't even nail it on first rounders. They just, you know, full, you know, full draft skunking. But, um, but we've seen that, you know, Oilers were another team that did that, you know, Edmonton Oilers, not Houston Oilers, but I mean, you know, you, you need to get something, you need to get more throughout the draft. And, you know, because, and especially when you're in the position the bills are, where you're going to have to get some guys that are cheap, cheap money you know, cheap costs to be able to, to get in the lineup and, and be able to be important players at some point. And that's how you do that through the draft. That's the easiest way to do it. Um, so the scouting staff and, and being and everybody's got to be on point because if you ain't, if you ain't bringing guys along, man, you, and you're just fishing through free agents or, you know, cast offs or whatever, you're, you're swimming upstream against that because it's, it's hard. It's really hard to kind of fill those roles out with, you know, guys from the outside to, uh, to make your team deeper and better. Yeah. I, I, think you said it perfect there. I agree. Linebacker to me is go get your line. If, if Jack Campbell's there, or maybe you could trade down a little bit, go get him. That's your, that's the one big hole on this team. They could add talent across the board. Maybe next week we'll have a, a little more of a deeper conversation. Tight end is a position. I think the bills could surprise you. I think they're the value is going to be there. There's three tight ends. I like an awful lot. Mm-hmm. One or two of them probably are going to be there when the bills are on the clock. And I think they could do right by the offense by adding a really good tight end to go with Dawson Knox, kind of mix up some packages, some personnel. Uh, we'll talk about that. Wrapping up here with Joe Yurden, Noted Hockey, Main Day Podcast. Tomorrow on the show, on Wednesday, I got Aaron Quinn for the third of our six, seven rounds, uh, to Joe's points, <laughs> seven-round Buffalo Bills mock drafts. We're going to be doing uh, trades, didn't do trades, on the first two, so we'll be doing that on Wednesday. Thursday night, live from Imperial, Joe DiBiase is going to be joining me. I'll tell you what, real quick, Joe, before we get at uh, end with some WrestleMania stuff. So you guys were all covering uh, 
you guys were busy working last Friday at the arena. Yep. Sabres Rangers, big game. Um, Sal Capaccio, I don't think I'm allowed to say this, not really a secret, but Sal Capaccio had a 50th birthday party at um, Riverworks. Great party, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. I was honored to be invited to that. A lot of media people were there. People, non-Sabres non media anyway, people who weren't working uh, right. the game. It was pretty cool, man. I, I mentioned it because I actually met uh, Joe DiBiase in person, mm -hmm. at least. Like, a lot of these guys and, and women have been on my show before, mm -hmm. but I've never actually physically met them in person. And I got a chance to meet some uh, pretty cool media people on uh, last Friday, including Joe DiBiase, like I said, who will be on the show, who's actually my cousin. But I'm going to save that story for... Uh, <laughs> For uh, when I have Joe on, but anyway, yeah, I met um Elena Getzenberg from ESPN. First time I'm meeting her, um, actually Matt Bovey. I met him in person. You never met Bovey before. I never, I never met him in person before. He's been on the show three or four times, but mm -hmm. never in person. Don't don't forget. Now I was in Florida too for, True. you know, five five True. and a half years. Uh, Dad Brown, who covers the Bills, I I met him. Met the Bulldog from WGR in person. Nice, great too, man. We had a really nice good conversation person. about our kids. Super cool guy, man. I met mm -hmm. Jeremy White too. Nice. Jeremy White from WJR, nice dude. Um, I, I think that's it for the people that I uh, had him met, and I was in a lot of points with Tyler Dunn and uh and Matt Perino. <laughs> so yeah, man, and Patrick Miller's big Sabres fan, war veteran yep. hero. Um, it was a really good time. So Sal Capaccio, his, his wife, his family. It was a really fun uh. 50th birthday party. Josh Reed, too. That's another one that I met for uh for the first time. Anyway, just throwing that out. Huh? Look at you schmoozing. I was schmoozing, man. It was it was it was a really good time. Brought my wife. It was it was it was fun, man. It was, it was a really good time. But anyway, I met Joe and uh he'll be on the show with me live from Imperial on Thursday. Let's finish up a couple minutes here. WrestleMania. That was mm -hmm. this weekend. Again, we really don't talk wrestling much, but when it gets to WrestleMania weekend, you and I are wrestling fans so we're going to indulge super ourselves bowl of wrestling you know it is a super yeah, bowl of wrestling we got to indulge ourselves at least here um a little bit we talked for a couple of minutes before we taped so you watch a chunk of night one and then all of mm -hmm. night two i'll tell you night one one of the best wrestling shows i think i've ever seen for wrestlemania it was spectacular there were four straight up bangers of matches that um Seth Rollins and, and Logan Paul, that was a great match. Uh, Dominic versus Rey Mysterio. Not only was it a great match, but two of the coolest entrances ever. Mm -hmm. I love Dominic's angle of spending a couple hours in the holding center, but acting like he's done hard time now. Came yeah. out in handcuffs. Oh, that shit was awesome. Rey Mysterio <laughs> comes in with Snoop and uh, the Eddie Guerrero music early on. The crowd just ate yep. it up. Also delivered with a great match. And then uh, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte tore the house down. Charlotte yeah. was, re it was not only said reportedly because I listened to her talk on an interview, kind of pissed off that they didn't have that main event slot, but they tore the house down, man. It was mm -hmm. a great match. And then the Usos and, and Sammy and KO, that was an awesome match too. So, uh, man, I was like, night one, this could go down as an all time. If night two delivers an all time, mm -hmm. great WrestleMania, uh, night two, not as good. Couple duds. Um, the the Gunther match, I like that match, man. Him, Sheamus, really and good. Drew McIntyre, such a really physical really dude. Good. Gunther's gonna be when we're doing this podcast next year. Hopefully, God willing, we're both there and doing this show next year. He's gonna be a world champion by that time. I'm telling you right now, I love Gunther. And then the main event was really good too. Roman Reigns retains, yeah, the undisputed championship. I don't know about you. A lot of people <laughs> are. Uh, 
not happy about that. I'm a Roman Reigns guy, dude. I was wearing my Bloodline shirt on Saturday, <laughs> holding up the one. But I got to be honest with you, love the match. The match was great. The drama was great. The buildup was there. The crowd was super hot. The whole match mm-hmm. didn't fade. But the ending, did not like the way that played out, man. Some quick yeah. thoughts. What did you think of WrestleMania, man? I uh, I, I don't know. The, the I mean, I only caught the last two matches on Saturday. They were both were fantastic. I, I mean, I, I can understand Charlotte being mad about not getting the main event status on Saturday, but I don't know if she paid attention at all to the whole Usos, Sammy, Kevin Owens yeah. thing at all. Like, that was or, the right call. It was 100% the right. That, like, that's the, been the most interesting story they've done in, yeah. in, in on that side of wrestling in ages. I mean, a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So, like that, that made a hundred percent sense. Like that, and the payoff was perfect because uh, you know Sammy gets Sammy gets hosed out of winning the title, and you know in, in Montreal at uh, what the hell was it? Uh, Judgment Day. Judgment, All right, thank you. Um, um, no, elimination Chamber. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so Sammy in Montreal. Which I mean, that's your tip off. If a guy's wrestling in his home place, he ain't winning. He ain't that. winning. Nope. Or if it's his last match <laughs> no of his shot. career. Last match right. of your career, you're probably not winning either. Yeah, and you know that's that's like a WWE standard. Yeah, just yeah. you know Vince isn't gonna let you win one at home. Like no. that's just ain't that's ain't gonna go. But you're looking um, up at the lights. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, but like that tag match was super, just super drama, super uh, action out of everybody. I mean, those are Usos are. I mean, they're. I don't know if it's right to say they're underrated, but like I think they're underappreciated as a tag team. Sure. They've been, they've been great for a long time. Like Agreed. it's it's. I, I forgot how long they've been around, and I was like, "Oh my god, they're super, super tag team." And Owens and, and Zayn are two of the best workers they've got in the company. Like mm-hmm. they're like over the top, absolutely, hundred percent superstar guys that just go all out. They're they're meant to be. They like they are the perfect pro wrestlers to have because they because they they hit it all the time. They whatever they're doing with their character is is spot on, and they go all out every match i mean this is two straight years that owens has had the uh the prime t- the, the the main event on saturday you know because last year it was him and stone cold which was, yep. that, that was weird it was weird but it was still cool it was cool that, that was the whole build-up to that was fun um so that i i don't know i love that the last night sunday night um it was a weird weirder card i thought the uh the women's uh four-way tag four-way tag match sucked like, I, I'm so over Rousey. I'm just yeah. enough already. You got enough. You got so many great teams and other women wrestling over on that side. Agreed. She shows up. I mean, I I'm not even paying attention to when like when she's on SmackDown or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I barely pay attention to that. And like, it's just everything about. I'm just whatever, man. Like, you're go back to MMA, please. Just get out of here already. <laughs> Just, just over it. And ba- Shayna Baszler is an incredible. Like, yeah, she's a nut- great at MMA, but like, she's her in ring game is awesome. She's she's a terrifying wrestler. She's great. Um, but like that, I don't know that match. I don't know. It seemed rushed. It seemed like it was kind of disjointed. I didn't care for it. Brock and Omos, I thought that was great. Five it minutes was- beat the tar out of each other. Surprisingly good. I yeah. thought that match was better than I had no expectations. I agree with you hundred percent. I thought that I thought that match delivered what yeah. it was supposed to. It's weird seeing Brock being the 
true baby face, almost yeah. underdog in a way. It was weird, but I liked it a lot too. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, Omos is what, seven foot four or something like yeah, that? Yeah. Such a big dude, man. Big man. Well, but Vince is in charge now. He might be champion soon. So that's <laughs> true. But I mean, his in ring work has gotten light years better. He's so much better. Yeah, yeah. Now. Like he, I mean, hey, just have him do power stuff. He doesn't need to doesn't need to work on like leg locks or any of that crap. Just let him throw people around and and be terrifying. Like that's it. Like it's the same thing Brock does. I mean, that's perfect. Relatively new to the to the at least to the WWE. You know, it's just some yeah. time to develop and grow. He hasn't been around that long, man. Yeah. What so, were you? But, um, uh, what else? Um, what am I forgetting here? Uh, Talk about one thing that sucked. Why you why you reload here? The stuff with the Miz. Both nights. Yeah. It's like, you know, Pam McAfee comes out. I'm like, all right. And then Shane comes out, which that sucked. He tore his squad. That was tough. Yeah, to, to, was to, uh, but then you think about Bobby Lashley. I know he's a wrestler that we both appreciate. And mm-hmm. ain't got no room for him to have a match. Call somebody out. Have somebody come out. LA Knight. Somebody. But you got to mm-hmm. put aside time for Shane to come back or for Pat McAfee to come back. Yeah. That was probably one of my biggest pieces about WrestleMania weekend. I, yeah. I thought that part was bullshit. The whole I the Pat McAfee thing, like it's I don't get it. I just it, that that stuff is beyond me. Like I get it, popular podcast. You know, the 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 best thing that comes out of that is how Cole and Corey Graves respond to it. Like that's the that's the only good thing that comes out of it because whatever McAfee's doing in the ring is just stupid. I, mean, I don't care. Like oh no, he, he oh his finisher is the punt. Wow, weird. I never would have expected that. You know, like you know George Kittle comes out of the crowd to help him. Like all right, whatever. Mm, that that I mean, felt like that I, felt like old school WrestleMania. I, you know, like, like bring out a 49ers player in L.A. to come out and help. Like it, really <laughs> couldn't find anybody with the Chargers or the Rams to to, to have to be in that spot. Like come on. Buddy. What did you think about the booking at the main event? Because that that that's the big one, man. How did how did you yeah. feel about how it ended? You know, I, I'm happy. I'm happy with that ending, honestly, because yeah. because Cody's been around what? I mean, since he came back, he's been around what? Less Literally than a year. Before he a year. came back the last WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, right. But he's right, been right. gone, hurt for more than half of that time. Right. So in my in my mind, I'm like, you're just gonna throw throw the strap on this dude that's barely been around like that. WWE doesn't do that stuff. Like that just does not fly. And they're certainly not going to do that to Roman. Like the dude's been the champ for three years straight. They're not pulling it off him for a guy that that's that's basically worked for six months. And he was and, uh, almost at a thousand days too. And everybody, I forgot about this. I I saw it pop up on Twitter. This guy when when AEW started, all he did was mock Triple H for like the first like few months. Yeah, he and I'm like, you think you think Trips is going to put the strap on that dude right away? Are you nuts? No, I, I, I think I you're because everybody's pissed about it. Like, I'm just yes. like, I, I'm of the mind. Like, what did you expect? Like, I, honestly, like it, 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 it's Roman. So I mean, they worked for so long to get Roman into this spot. Like for years and years and years, he gets booed all the time. Now he's legit one of their best workers, one of the best guys they've got. Great storyline, all of it. It's perfect. You're not Agreed. pulling that off him. Like he doesn't need the belt, but like it's better to have everybody chasing after him for it. Agreed with. Pretty much everything you said. I think Cody's got to chase the belt longer. 100% agree with that. My favorite thing about this match was that he was over and it did feel like he could be the guy who could win. There's nothing better I like when it comes to a wrestling match when I truly legitimately don't know for sure who's going to win. Like Saturday night, KO and Sami Zayn, that was amazing. It was awesome. The crowd was electric. I was totally marking out into it. But I knew 
that they were going to win that match. It was right. very little doubt. The main event on Sunday night, I did not know who was going to win that match. I am, I'm a Roman Reigns. I'm a bloodline guy. All right. So I was happy. I'll tell you though, the last 90 seconds or so, mm-hmm. when the Usos came out and then KO and Sammy came and they cleared the ring out. Yep. And it, he hit him with the crossroads and brought him up again. I was like, he's going to hit this motherfucker three times and then he's going to pin him. Mm-hmm. I legit thought Cody, which again, that's kind of what the best booking is when you truly believe something's about to happen, but then it doesn't. So yep. I give them credit for the booking. I agree with you that I think Roman Reigns keeping the bell is the right call. The only thing I kind of don't like, I just wish they would have came up with something a little more creative in terms of screwing over Cody than Sola Sokoa, which now over the last two weeks, he's been talking shit. He wrestled Solo last Monday night on Raw, kind of was telegraphed. So my first thought is, man, I wish they just would have came up with a little bit of a fresher screw job at the end. But I will say this. I love the bloodline. I think it's the best angle since the NWO, like in terms of early NWO stuff, yeah. you know, not the, nonsense. but then, I, but like, then I'm, cause my thought was like, all right, man, bring up some of my next year, bring up another family member. There's 10 million people related to Roman Reigns in the rock story. out for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> so I have somebody come out new, but then I'm like, you know what? I don't want another NWO where before you know, it, there's eight people walking around on the bloodline. You know what I'm saying? It could get to be, too much. I just, I don't know, man. I, I really, all in all, I enjoyed the show. I think the Sunday night was definitely the weaker of the two. I thought both women's title matches were great. Like we yeah. talked about Rhea and Charlotte. I also thought Bianca Belair and Oscar was great. a great match. I thought both women's tag matches and one on each night kind of both stunk. The mm-hmm. Becky Lynch, Trish Lita, that was, that, I don't know. I just didn't care. I had no investment in that. And then the women's tag match on Sunday almost felt like a throwaway. Ryan, yeah. I don't even think she wrestled. I know she's hurt though, too, but she just comes in at the end to get the submission, didn't even really wrestle. There were some throwaway moments. All in all, I thought though it was a really solid WrestleMania. I'm not gonna go as far to say it's one of the two or three best ever, which I would have done maybe had I liked the ending just a little bit more on uh yeah. on night two. One yeah. other piece of news too, by the way. So Vince sold they're, they're sold, man. UFC and uh w, was it Endeavor? Endeavor. Endeavor, yeah. So yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's better than some of the other rumors that were, that were popping up. And look at him. If you're watching on video, Joe, look at that. Uh, I cannot take him serious with that mustache. He's it's look at that. He's a, he's a combo. I, I I had this discussion with a with a friend. He's a combo of Walt Disney, and this these are some ancient references. Walt Disney, Clark Gable, and John Waters. Like that's you mold <laughs> those three together. That's him. Like yeah. what pencil thin mustache? Are you kidding me, dude? Like dyed all his hair? Like what the hell, man? I, I tweeted this out. He looks like an cheesy 80s movie villain. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, man. He, that he, is like, I get it, man. Like you're, he's in his 70s, he's like 80s. I don't know. He's old now, but like, I mean, I get it. you can't accept aging, but he's got he, it, for him, it's all about like looking strong, looking virile, blah, 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 whatever. But like, dude. Like, listen, we've seen pictures of your old man with white hair and everything. Like, would anybody have crossed him? No. Like, come on, man. I'm a little concerned as a lifelong WWE fan. I'm a wrestling fan, but I'm, you're more of a wrestling fan. I'm more of a WWE fan. Like, I watch other stuff from time to time, including AEW, whereas you are a little more balanced. Like, wrestling to me almost starts and, and ends with WWE. So as a lifelong WWE big fan, I'm a little concerned about this merger because it sounds to me like Vince is going to be back in charge again. 
mm-hmm. and he's going to get more and more hands-on. And I really have liked mm-hmm. some of the creative direction. And you know how it goes with Vince. Like I said, mm-hmm. guys like Omos are going to get pushed to the end of the earth. While the younger, smaller wrestlers like Johnny, uh, Johnny wrestling. I, I think there's, yeah, it doesn't, it never bodes well for those kind of guys. You know, a no. lot of guys who've gotten driven out by Vince, who he just buries. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, man. Yeah, that, that's, it's the part that gets me. Every time I hear some like weirdos, like backroom story about Vince and like the ideas he comes up with, I'm like, this dude's a giant 12 year old. Like that's mm-hmm. like, that's, I mean, I, I think about, uh, cause I've been watching this, uh, YouTube series. Um, it's like, uh, you know, reliving the war, like the Monday night wars, mm-hmm. uh, great series. Um, and you know, we're in the, like the 1990 summer, 1998 part of it where it's, you know, the, the WCW side of things is getting a little bit squirrely, you know, there's, you know, there's both NWOs there, you know, they interfere in every match. It's just, you know, it's stupid. And then on the WWE side of things, uh, I, you know, I remember draws, you know, draws like broke his oh, yeah, yeah. And I forgot what his gimmick was. I forgot that they called him puke because he could puke on command. And Vince mm-hmm. found out about that. He's like, ah, that's your gimmick. You're going to puke on, you know, whatever we say to. And it's like, <laughs> it's, Damn. it's, it's just like, dude, that guy, that guy was a pretty damn good wrestler. And it's like, instead it's like, no, you're going to be famous. Cause you can puke. Like yeah, he's good. He's good. The, the the sport or the entertainment it has passed him by. Plus, he's a fucking predator, man. I mean, I, I don't want him. He Giant. was retired. and Yeah, he's a creep. And, and I just wish he would have stayed retired. One last thing, too, by the way. Talk about wrestling. We just went over a shitload of matches. Yeah. This was eventful, if nothing else, because neither of us even mentioned John Cena. I mean, now I know you didn't watch it on Saturday, but still, mm-hmm. you know we wrestled. He opened up WrestleMania weekend with Austin Theory, which was a mm, kind of like match. Theory. It was all right. Not a big Theory fan. And Logan Paul, like, they didn't do him any favors. He won. He beat Cena, but I mean, he cheated to do it. I thought he would just go over clean and look strong against Cena. He would put him over, especially after Cena bashed him vocally in a yeah. promo about a month or so ago. It just, I, mean, I don't know. I don't think it did anything that to, theory, to further theory gets, his stock. Yeah. Theory, theory gets like X-Pac heat or it's just people hate him just because he's, he walks out, walks out on the stage. It's just like, get, out, get this guy out of here. <laughs> Stinks. Um, the match I was, uh, I was excited to watch, but then got very concerned with quickly was Edge and Finn Balor. And oh, Finn Balor took a shot to the head with the with the ladder. And I saw a picture of it. Good. You did, God. you did, you did see it because he put it out. Then he oh. tweeted it. People screenshotted. I I actually got it. Oh no, it's on Instagram. Like they put up oh, a still there. content warning. At yeah. least I saw it a couple hours ago. And what they had finish, to do for him, that match. They well, they shot him up with lidocaine. First off, they shot him with lidocaine, and then they stapled his head. Oh, stable together. Get yeah, it's crazy, man. And he's and like, I mean, he once he was back in the match and ready to go, he was like all jacked up on adrenaline and everything. And I'm like, oh my god, dude! Like, because because you saw it right away as soon as he got hit, and you're just seeing blood all over the mat. You're like, uh oh, that's not good. And then the instant replay, oh my god, he put his hands up, and then his hands went yeah. right through the space between the steps, and the steps hit him right cracking the top of the head. Good God! I I, I, I was disappointed because mostly because I was concerned about you know Balor's health a um but there was rumors that the uh the brood christian and uh gangrel were gonna come out and be part of that match and and do something to you know kind of get in the way to help out edge or i don't know maybe screw him over i don't know uh but that was a rumor and it was when edge came out the back of his jacket had a picture of the brood on the back and i'm like oh dude they're totally coming out but like yeah that was cool like that happens you have to improvise and get it over with 
that was as soon as possible, but yeah. that was tough to see, man. I That's watched it with my son. I watched WrestleMania night two, not night one, but night two with my son, which by the way, that was really cool too, man. It mm-hmm. raised me back to uh, being a kid and my dad watching wrestling with me. That's one of the few things to this day that I can still remember bond wise, you know, when my dad mm-hmm. was always wrestling, man. And so any chance where my son actually cares enough to want to watch it is, uh, was pretty cool, but yeah, we watched that match. It was turning into Botchamania for a while. Shane blows his uh, oh, yeah. quad out, and then the next match, Finn Balor gets his head busted wide open. Well, the, then the women's uh, the women's tag match, like Shayna Baszler lost her boot, I think. Yeah, yeah. At some point, like okay, <laughs> yeah. I mean, stuff happens like that. At least, at least I don't, I don't think she was hurt. It looked like she was hurt because she was like kind of hopping around, but yeah, she didn't have a boot on. Yeah. It, just, it just came off. Like okay. All in all, though, it was a. It was definitely a, f- a fun weekend of wrestling. This is a very big week yet again for the Buffalo Sabres. I, I won't get tired of saying that. Make sure you check out Joe on Twitter at Joe Yurden. Check out Noted Hockey. Again, five bucks per month, 50 bucks per year, man. Cannot beat that. Joe brings the content several times each and uh, every week. So make sure you check that out. And of course, check out the Main Day podcast with Joe Yurden and our good friend Lance Lazowski from the Buffalo News. All right, man. Well, you guess what? You're going to be busy this week, and uh, you're going to have some fun. Hopefully, some yes. well, win or lose, you'll have some fun stuff to write about. On the Sabres side, hopefully, it's uh, a lot of fun stuff, though, man. Yeah, and uh, going on the road to Detroit this week for Sabres and turning oh, it into right. a big sports trip because we're going to take in three major league sporting events within 24 hours. That's going to be... Uh, set up the energy drinks for me, man, because I'm going to need them. <laughs> that is going to be awesome for you. I look forward to talking to you about that Detroit chip. And again, I will be back. Buffalo Bills mock draft tomorrow with Aaron Quinn. Talk to you guys soon.